Welcome to this special series of Moneyball Medicine focused on AI, machine learning, and analytics applied to drug discovery and development. This special series was recorded as part of the AI Application Summit produced by Corey Lane Partners this October in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Harry Glorikian. In this series, I will interview different speakers from the event and we will hear their experiences. We will dive into the challenges and opportunities they're facing and their predictions for years to come. Welcome to Moneyball Medicine. The last decade has brought about an exciting convergence of technologies that has exponentially increased our ability to answer complex questions, both in and outside of the medical world. While the founders of Recursion Pharma couldn't help but wonder what efficiencies they would create and what problems they would solve if they had applied the same sort of data science to drug discovery that powers facial recognition, helps autonomous vehicles to navigate, and can analyze a human genome in one ten thousandth of what it cost just over a decade ago. My guest today is Dr. Ron Alpha. Dr. Alpha is the Vice President of Discovery and Product at Recursion Pharmaceuticals. Recursion Pharmaceuticals is an AI-enabled drug discovery company combining machine learning with automated cell biology. At Recursion, he leads product across the organization, working closely with all teams to leverage computational tools and robotics to solve important drug discovery challenges. He received his training in neurosciences, medicine, and entrepreneurship at Stanford University and has made scientific contributions to the field of neuroscience, metabolism, and genetics. Dr. Alpha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So can you tell me a little bit about recursion? And um, I read a little bit about it, but it's, you know, to, to people that are listening, you know, what is it? What, it? what is it trying to do? Sure. Yeah. So I would say at a very high level, the goal of recursion as a company is to leverage some of the latest technology in uh, machine learning, computation, software, uh, to change the way that we're discovering drugs broadly across the industry. Um, we begin with a very large data set that we're generating in-house. That data set um, mostly consists of images of cells, hundreds of thousands of experiments that we're performing week after week on robotics platforms. Uh, and we're using what you might call you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, various types of algorithms to analyze that data. And really our goal is to bring um, predictive capabilities into the pipeline where you know, at various steps in the pipeline we can begin to understand how potential medicines are behaving in biological systems um, by making predictions. What is the model, though, for the organization? Is it, um, you know, developing the drug itself? Is it working with partners? Is it which which part of the puzzle is it? Is the revenue generating piece? Yeah, that's a great question, and I would say we're a little bit of both. Um, primarily, uh, Recursion's focusing on developing its own pipeline, um, identifying therapeutic candidates for rare genetic diseases, and increasingly moving into other areas as well. Uh, we do. Uh, have a number of great partnerships, and we do prioritize partnerships where there is sort of mutual um, benefit to be gained. So in cases where 
uh, we feel that there is a strong alignment of the goals of the partnership with our internal goals, um, and we're able to uh, create value mutually. We do partner, and so we have two great partners right now. Sanofi Genzyme is one of them, and Takeda Pharmaceuticals is another. So, how old is the company, and and you know, how long have you been with with them? So, I've been with the company uh, close to three years now. The company's uh, just around five years old. Uh, it was founded in two, 20, 2013 and really spent um, roughly two and a half years building the technology. So um, I would say we really didn't get off the ground in terms of a growth company until um, probably about mid-2016. And you know, as a technology company, it can take some time to really understand sort of the limitations of your technology to build the algorithms, to build the data set. And that's really what we spent doing for the past, you know, two or three years of the company. You said you're the, the head of product. So what, you know, and, and what does that mean for a company that is right now mostly data? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, uh, product is a term that, you know, uh, comes from the tech industry, and uh, to some extent, we've transplanted the the term and also the team um, from tech into recursion, which is something of a hybrid biotech tech. Um, and I would say, quite simply, um, what what a product team is focused on is if if we build the technology today, um, is there going to be a use for it later? Um, and that applies broadly across either biology, um, in terms of developing drug discovery programs. So if we take a particular molecule for a particular disease um, and we take it through all the steps of drug discovery, um, do we have a therapeutic at the end of that process? It also applies to software and data science. So for example, a lot of what we do internally is build software that allows us to automate and accelerate uh, the biology that our teams are doing. Uh, And so again, when you're building a software application, you're always trying to understand what the user wants and what the end application is. Uh, so product managers help with um, essentially defining uh, the user requirements and um, helping the engineers to build something that's going to be useful in the end. Uh, and then on the data science side, obviously, um, working with the data science team to understand how we're actually going to build an analytics product. So for example, one of the Uh, projects that we're working actively on is uh, tox prediction. Um, So understanding sort of the right areas to begin making predictions, the right data sets to begin to acquire, uh, and, and, you know, actually building out sort of the interface of the user would, uh, would interact with in order to use these tools. So how do you go about like hiring the right team or the right individuals? I mean, you know, talked about this with many other people you're you're constantly fighting with you know right tech yeah, yes, um, of course <laughs> and so how do you guys how do you guys you know where do you hire from or or how do you manage that process yeah and, and we're also in salt lake city so we're uh you know we we are all oftentimes looking to the coasts to recruit people in and i would say um as a startup you sort of have to leverage your strengths as a company to um to hire and to recruit talent. Uh, for us, you know, uh, on one hand, we're trying to recruit great data scientists, and um, we have to understand what data scientists are looking for in a role. So obviously people, uh, there's a whole group of people that are going to go to the Googles and Facebooks, et cetera, that uh, really are prioritizing comp um, location maybe. Um, and you, know, you can't really compete with that as a, as a startup. 
Um, what we can compete with, though, is we are, first of all, one of the few companies that has a tremendously large and interesting data set um, that in many ways is very applicable to um, sort of doing good in the world, if you will. So discovering new medicines. Um, so a lot of the people that we attract are uh, individuals that f first are attracted to very hard problems um, and are excited about building tech um, in, in ways that's never been built before in a new industry. Uh, and they're also very excited about sort of the mission, the passion uh, for making an impact on drug discovery and, and for patients. Well, you could always trade them ski passes, you know, if, if, they, if, you that, know. <laughs> if that works, depending if that's a criteria for hiring. Uh, that's certain, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt if folks are interested in skiing or interested in hiking and, and the outdoors, because Utah is probably one of the best places in the country uh, to access the outdoors. So what are some of the business challenges that, that you face or the organization faces at this point in its, in its life cycle? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the hardest things is, you know, actually building, um, you know, an end to end pharmaceutical company from the ground up. Uh, it just takes time. It takes, uh, you know, experience going and, you know, doing it in a different way, you know, reimagining the drug discovery process and leveraging tech to build each of these functions. Um, is just something that um, ultimately uh, is going to take some years to do. So I would say one one big challenge that we face as a company is is the time factor, um, and we are increasingly um, moving more and more quickly as we build the data, as we build the algorithms. Um, but but still, you know, biology is a time constrained feature. Uh, the other thing I would say, the other challenge that we face is, you know, in an industry where uh, your your end product really is a medicine for patients. Um, we we ultimately have to be very careful in, in the tech we're building, and we have to know that um, the approaches that we're taking are robust. That that there's some sort of you know truth to to the predictions that we're making, um, and so it it is difficult to sort of you know run experiments and test every single aspect. Um, of our algorithms over and over and over again and really try to understand sort of um, uh, the blind spots of our approach on a regular basis. So we spend a lot of time, you know, validating our methods. So where are you guys in, in your pipeline? You, you said you spent about, you know, two, two and a half years building the product, which, yeah. which seems like an extraordinary amount of time in software. Yeah. Um, and, and so where are you in, on, on the other end of, of product creation yes yeah, so a lot of the time we're spending right now so you know essentially what we've built thus far is um, an early platform that can enable us to do um, hit prioritization um, across many different diseases and that's enabled us to build a pipeline um, of roughly a few dozen rare genetic diseases where we're where we have um, drug candidates that we're advancing um, ultimately we're gonna have to perform you know, the basic biological validation of those hit candidates that are coming off of uh, the, the platform itself. So a lot of the work, about half of the work of the company and half of the teams are focused on performing those validation experiments, you know, basic cell biology, um, animal models, and, increase, and preclinical development as we advance those candidates forward. 
The other half of the company is really focused on building the tech for the next step. Um, that is, once we've prioritized hits from, from the platform that we've built, can we use predictive algorithms to begin to better understand the biology uh, without performing a wet lab experiment, um, without performing you know, in vitro toxicity, in vitro admin experiments. So really that's the next shift that you know, we're making a lot of progress on right now. Um, and I would say complementary to that one is um, a huge amount of efforts to generate the data sets that we need to, in order to do that. So, you know, if I, if I had to make a statement, is it, is it you really do want to be an end-to-end pharma in the end? Yeah, we really do want to be an end-to-end pharma, and we really do want to sort of reimagine how we would discover drugs um, given the technology that we have today. We sort of take the assumption that um, as a company that um, a lot of what we're, what we're doing in pharmaceutical development um, existed in a certain time and place um, and was built for sort of this idea that you have to perform biology in a dish, perform biology in, in animals, and perform bi- biology in certain ways. But we've come into a different era where, where you can generate very, very large data sets relatively inexpensively using robotics, using miniaturized experiments. And um, you can analyze that data using advanced algorithms, and we have the compute, we have the storage capacity to do that. And so we're sort of starting um, from this point of saying, well, you know, knowing what we know now, how would we design the process differently? And a lot of that's going to come back to, you know, building the same tools that have been built previously using technology. But I think moving forward, where we'd really like to get to is, um, you know, better understanding sort of the abstractions, if you will, um, that we need to understand how how compounds or therapeutics will behave in humans uh, using different types of approaches that perhaps have never been considered. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying this because there's a whole, you know, the, a number of the companies that I've spoken to, everybody sort of has a different model. One is like, well, we're not going to do the downstream. We'll partner for the downstream. We'll, you know, we'll do the upfront. Maybe yeah. one day we'll, you know, and, and so it's, it's how do you get to market without, you know, requiring a ridiculous amount of, of capital. Right. And I would say today, um, as a company, we would say that, you know, we're probably not going to be um, a marketing and sales company. Um, big, large pharma has developed that infrastructure for a very large, very long time. They're great at it. And, you know, we currently don't have a lot of value to add in that domain. However, we do have a lot of value to add in, you know, the early discovery, preclinical development space. And that's where we can really anticipate um, accelerating, decreasing the costs, and moving things forward. So um, ideally, we'd like to operate in that space. Increasingly, um, we will bring our own candidates to phase two um, and, and partner them at that stage. Um, but we do, you know, depending on how the technology develops, um, I would say we're honest with ourselves that we would like to do the parts of drug discovery where we can add the most value. Excellent. So... When do you see, you know, either your next phase of, of fundraising or when do you see you'll be at that next inflection point from a product perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, um, I won't speak to the fundraising, um, you know, as startups are always, you know, moving from fundraising event to fundraising event. Uh, but in terms of the, the, the product development, I think, um, as I mentioned, the next phase is really going to be building predictive tools for later stages in the pipeline beyond initial hit prioritization. Um, and to a large extent, we've 
only started that process roughly a year ago. Uh, but the data sets that we're generating today are already proving to be um, incredibly useful for, for driving these models. So um, I would say within the next um, probably uh, 6 to 12 months, um, we already have some models today. Within the next 6 to 12 months, we're going to uh, really begin to refine those models and put them in the production pipeline. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, I don't want to take any more of your time at the conference here, but uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and learn more about the company, um, and I wish you great success. Yeah, enjoyed the conversation and you know, look forward to the rest of the day here. Thank you. Thanks, take Harry. care. Bye-bye. And that's it for this episode. Join me for the next episode of this special series of AI, machine learning, and analytics applied to drug discovery and development, where I speak to Guido Lanza, who is the president and CEO of Numerate. We'll discuss the question, what if the introduction of artificial intelligence into drug discovery allowed us to create a true learning loop? If you enjoyed Moneyball Medicine, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is greatly appreciated. Hope you join us next time. Until then, farewell.